Flight attendants, please prepare for takeoff. Wheeler, cycling, line A, scores! I don't believe my eyes. Wheeler gets a hat trick. Oh my goodness. Buckman has another. Control, the official podcast of the Winnipeg Jets, hosted by Jets TV. Well, we start off this podcast, uh, episode 13 of Ground Control, the official podcast of the Winnipeg Jets, uh, talking about the Adam Lowry line. Mitchell Clinton, Tyler Escobo with me. How about this? It's the 13th edition of this podcast. Brandon Tanev wears number 13, scored a goal 13 seconds into the game against the Detroit Ravens Friday thought about this all morning what a segue all the way to the rink i'm like this is a perfect time to bring this up <laughs> but most uh, what we are going to talk about uh, of course the adam lowry line who some may argue has been the jets best or more, we could even say most consistent line for about a month period or even two li- two months now mm-hmm. um you know of course andrew Cobb played a little bit on the line yesterday but mostly it's been matthew perot adam lowry and Brandon Tanev, who have been very successful. And there was a stretch there, five consecutive games, where one member of that line was scored the first goal of the game for the Jets. So, Mitch, I get, I get into this you, and we've talked about this on the pregame show before, just the success of this line. And Paul Maurice will say and often point out to people, they're often the second line over the boards. Yeah. So just your thoughts on how they've been producing and their consistency throughout the year. Uh, well, obviously, yeah, they've been very, very consistent. I think um, they just kind of keep their game incredibly simple. And very direct, which is, I mean, those are two words that you often hear Paul Maurice say over and over again, kind of throughout the season, be simple, be direct, get pucks to the net. And that's exactly what that group does. And with Matthew Perot or Andrew Kopp in that uh, left wing spot, obviously it's a slightly different look with either of those players. But since Andrew Kopp's kind of come back from that concussion slash uh, issues with the neck, I believe is what he said it was, uh, ever since he's came back from that, he's been playing uh, center on the on the fourth line, but He's gotten a look on that line back with Lowry and Tanev uh, every so often, and he's just been playing some some incredible hockey since he's come back. And uh, it was cool to see just kind of when when the Jets went down to, to nine forwards that he was the kind of the guy that got got thrown up there because I thought throughout that the the game against the Anaheim Ducks he was he was driving uh, really well to use a term that uh, Maurice likes to use, and um, the head coach kind of just thought you know it was it was good because. Andrew Kopp had played such a good game that for him to be on the ice uh, when the Jets found the equalizer against the Ducks off a shift that basically I think just embodies exactly what that line does, just constant offensive zone pressure, cycling the puck, moving it around, keeping possession, get the puck back to the point, and it's a puck to the net. And it, I mean, Ben Sherrod ends up getting credit for the goal, but mm-hmm. he doesn't get the puck back there if that line doesn't do what they do. Uh, and do what they do so well to get it back to him. So I just thought uh, whether it's Matthew Perot or Andrew Kopp in that uh, left wing spot, that line has just been an absolute handful for other teams to handle, and it's uh, a real blessing for the Jets to have them. Adam Lowry over 50% in the faceoff circle. I think it's up around the 55%. He's doing a great job in that aspect, too, and Adam Lowry will be our guest here on Episode 13 of Ground Control, the official podcast of the Winnipeg Jets. Tyler, I mean, we've Mitch just went into it pretty deep about what this line has done, but... Are there? I asked Matthew Peroba this the other day on the post-game show, is there anybody closer to your style than Brandon Tanev? And he said, of course, yes, that is. So it must be 
very nice for Adam Lowry to have two very similar forwards that you know are going to get the puck nine times out of ten when it goes in the other team's corner. Yeah, absolutely. Um, just going back to your face-off percentage, I've got my laptop out here. And Adam <laughs> Lowry is at 57.2% on the face-off dot, and he leads all Adams in the NHL. He's the best Adam oh at face-offs. <laughs> we're, we're not talking minor hockey levels here. Oh. All the Adam players. Oh. <laughs> uh, and, yes, oh, anyway. Sorry, Mitch. I apologize. Uh, that was a bad joke. <laughs> well, that's it. First time. <laughs> That'll do it. Episode 13 is over. Uh, Look, I just typed his name in in the search bar, and, of course, all the Adams showed up. Unbelievable. Anyways. Yeah. Um, yeah, obviously having Matthew Perot and, and Brandon Tanev uh, being similar style players for Adam Lauer to play with is is definitely key. I think, obviously, uh, Perot's been in the league longer. He's maybe a bit more offensive, although, uh, what does he have, 11 goals now, Brandon Tanev? So um, oh, yeah. he's, he's learning how to add that element to his game. And, and who knows, down the line, we could see very two similar players. I think when, when Brandon came into the league, you know, there was – you know, a little bit of question as to what this guy could bring to the lineup. And obviously he had a bit of a stint with the Manitoba Moose. And ever since he's come back up, he's been dynamite for the team. So um, if he can continue to develop that offensive uh, flair to his game, I think he just becomes even more and more valuable for the team. You know, I think it has kicked in for Brandon Tanev, who is the master shot blocker. He's probably saying to himself, you know what? If the puck is in the other end of the rink, I don't have to don't block have to shots yeah. anymore. So <laughs> that's why he's kicked up his offensive game. And, of course, uh, Tanev already reached a career high in goals and we're just over the halfway mark of the NHL season, so uh, good news for number 13. Uh, moving along, Jets uh, running to some injury problems. Dustin Bufflin, of course, out. Uh, we'll get an update on that after the All-Star break. But Tyler Myers has joined that list of the walking wounded. Lower body injury has missed two games. Mitch, just overall, we see the depth of this organization. We saw it last year. We're getting a good picture of it again. How have the Jets handled life without the two biggest defensemen on their roster and Dustin Bufflin and Tyler Myers. Yeah, really well. I mean, one of the the quotes that kind of stands out to me from from Paul Maurice was just the fact that, you know, with both those guys out, it's going to look a little bit different kind of coming out of the jet zone. And, um, you know, if if players go into that right side defensive corner against either Buff or Myers, it's it's a tough task for anybody. Um, so obviously not having them in the lineup is a little bit of a change, but I think the Jets have done well. I think the focus has been on get the pucks and move it mm-hmm. as quickly as you can um, just to get the puck going back the other way, and that's kind of been uh, a main focus for them. And one of the other things that's kind of stood out to me is, you know, as much as, you know, you lose a couple of guys on the right side in Buff and Myers, you, you start to think, well, maybe Jacob Trouba is going to see an astronomical increase in his ice time. It wasn't really the case. I mean, especially in the back half of, of the back-to-back of Minnesota and Detroit. You go into that Detroit game, and Truba and Morrissey were at 24, 22 minutes. I believe Truba played over 26 against uh, the Anaheim Ducks in that overtime win. Uh, but still, that's not it's not crazy. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're not getting up into the 30-minute the mark or anything. So I think... Uh, Charlie Huddy's done a really good job of making sure that, yes, you know, we're down a couple of guys, but the guys that we have in the lineup can still play this game. Mm-hmm. And uh, Truba kind of touched on that uh, after the Ducks game. He said, you know, we're not, you know, you never want to lose guys to injury, but at the same time, you know, everybody that's going over the boards knows how to play hockey. Mm-hmm. And you just go out there, you play your game. That's why you're here. And 
they've been able to, to just kind of keep keep the ice times in check for all their defensemen. I think that's going to pay off in the long run, especially when you're in your second nine-game and 16-days stretch of the season. You also look at the uh, amount of ice time, like you said, over 26 minutes for Jacob Truba against Anaheim on Sunday. Three and a half minutes of that was on the power play, so right. a bit of a lighter load in terms of minutes on in that aspect. So, you know, 23 even-strength minutes, are, or he also had a minute 45 on the PK. So, uh you know he's he's being thrown in different different situations, and you know he's proving his worth for sure. I think we have to give some credit to Dmitry Kulikov. Uh, this is yeah. a free agent acquisition, not this summer, the past summer that the Jets brought in had some issues uh, staying healthy and ran into them a little bit. But the way he's played since he's come back from his recent injury, he has to be given a lot more credit than I think he's getting at this moment. Yeah, getting obviously the the bump up onto the. Uh to the right side, playing his offside, number one, mm-hmm. uh, with Ben Sherratt. I mean, it's one of those things that these defensemen, they've all kind of played with different partners and, and skated with these guys, kind of whether it's in training camp, practice, or preseason, or what have you. Mm-hmm. So they've all kind of played together. Um, but still, to be able to, to do it at the at the highest level uh, with valuable points on the line is important. And, yeah, Dmitry Kulikov stepped up. He's, he's talked about just wanting to play quick. And, and be fast and you know before the game against the Detroit Red Wings he said you know if I get up into that 20 minute mark it just feels like you're into the rhythm of the game Tyler Myers has said the same thing um, obviously every defenseman is going to say that but he got his 20 minute wish yeah. <laughs> against the Detroit Red Wings and uh, played pretty well same for Dmitry Kulikov the 20 minutes plus has been uh, working very well for him uh, earlier in the week it was a Tuesday game against the Colorado Avalanche the top line in the National Hockey League some would argue with Mikko Rantanen uh, Nathan McKinnon and Gabriel Landeskog Jets win that game 7-4 do give up 41 shots on goal the Jets are now 7-0 and when giving up 40 or more shots now some people would say well this is an issue because you're giving up that many shots I posed this question to Paul Maurice on Wednesday morning before the Jets departed for St. Paul. Just what has been the key? Has it been goaltending? Is it the offense? And here's his answer. I don't, I don't know what to call them. Corsi teams are teams that shoot absolutely everything. That was kind of their mindset. Turn and direct it to the net, direct it to the net. Well, there's also a loss of possession if you do that. If we handle that right, there's an opportunity for us to get it back, and then the transition's good. So... When you're shooting a puck, for the most part, you got at least two other, maybe three other guys out there with you in an offensive mindset. I'm going to the net. Uh, I'm opening up for a seam. It's an offensive idea. And if it doesn't go in or if it's a low percentage shot and the other team gets it, if they move quick then, there's an advantage. Perot's goal, right? There's that advantage. So I, I, I don't know that, uh, yeah, shot quality for us would be far more important. There was a lot of scrum and action around the net, a lot of quickness to what they did, and then there's a big chunk of shots that aren't going to beat Helly, you know, anyway. And then we have that, that we don't mind those because we've got an opportunity to get those back. All right. Uh, no surprise. Great answer from the head coach in that aspect. And, Mitch, I think the games that we've seen, and, you know, Carolina comes to mind, the game against Colorado, the game against Arizona, a lot of the shots are coming from the outside. And I think Paul explained it very well that, this is an immediate opportunity if you jump on it. And the Jets are very good in the transitional game. Yeah. This just plays into their strengths, doesn't it? Yeah, for sure. And I think I, I liked what he said there just about the every time that, that the opposing team is shooting, you got two guys, two or three guys on that team that are in an offensive position or an offensive mindset. So if you are able to create that turnover, if you will, or change in possession, whether it's off a save by Hellebuck or uh, a block shot, then you get guys going the other way. Um, and catching, you know, maybe the opponents a little bit flat-footed, like the uh, the Matthew Perot goal against the Colorado Avalanche. Yeah. Now, 
Yes, you you are keeping keeping shots to the outside. That's that's the main thing. And the Jets have always kind of been, especially the last couple of seasons, just been a more of a quality over quantity type team. And we were talking a little bit about this just before uh, we started recording. Just the fact that I think what helps them be that way is you got guys like Patrick Line and Mark Shifley and guys that they need one look, a good look, and there's a real good chance that that thing's going to go in the back of the net. Before we get into the schedule ahead, which is a pretty challenging one for the Jets this week, uh, quick shout-out to Brian Little, uh, 500th career point on Friday, gets the overtime winning goal uh, against the Anaheim Ducks. Just what can you say about the veteran center, Tyler, that uh, hasn't really been said enough, I think, in my mind? Yeah, obviously, I, I just think his game is sort of taken a whole new level right now uh, you know he's he's all over the ice he, he's you know whilst in, in a good way in a good way he's yeah. in position you know he's he's scoring these big goals he's you know he's good in the face off dot he's reliable you know you can put him with different wingers and he seems to be uh you know efficient that way um you know playing with Patrick Laine and, and Jack Roslovic um right now um you know nothing more can be said about him other than he's playing as he should and and it's really great to see a veteran guy like that who's been around this organization since day one to have some success and be a part uh, an integral part of what's happening here you know I think often you know gets forgot he gets forgotten about, you know, when we talk about Blake Wheeler, Mark Shifley, Patrick Line, Dustin Bufflin, and you know Brian Little's been there the entire step of the way. So um, to see a guy like him having success is is good to see. Well, the uh, there was an individual that was traded to the Winnipeg Jets at the deadline last year that took over the second line center spot, and that is Paul Stastny. Uh, Paul Stastny makes his return to Bell MTS Place in a dun, dun, interesting dun. schedule <laughs> week for the Jets. Uh, they have the Vegas Golden Knights Tuesday, and then they head on the road. They'll play the Nashville Predators for the second time this season, and then uh, take on the Dallas Stars all before the player break. Uh, just quickly, gentlemen, your thoughts on the schedule ahead, and we'll start with you, Tyler. Uh, shout out to the schedule makers for this one. Mitch and I were in the press box yesterday and I, you know, of course we would have to play Vegas and Nashville back to back. Yeah. Um, you know, not true back to back, but you know, back to back games. And, uh, yeah, I'm excited. I like Vegas is on a heater right now. Um, it's going to be exciting. We've won four of our last five. Uh, and then going into Nashville, it's always fun when you go into Nashville and, you know, you got to sit and watch a game in front of those fans and, uh should be should be lots of fun and then lots of good memories in nashville though yeah except for oh, the yeah. first game of the year although the jets did play very well but that's yeah, another yeah. argument for yeah another that's time. whatever yeah. i don't look at that one and and then, and then you wrap up uh, the the uh, pre-bye week sked in uh in dallas and you know the jets seem to have some success in dallas obviously didn't work out on the first road trip of the year mm-hmm. when they dropped uh, i believe it was a 5-1 decision but you know you look at that game and uh, that game was overtaken by the power play and the rattle of ben Sagan line that was one of yeah. their good nights um obviously so uh definitely an exciting way to uh wrap things up before the bye week yeah i mean any i've i think a lot of jets fans have kind of been looking forward to the first time that vegas and Winnipeg kind of face off again obviously the first time since the Western Conference final the teams are different and everything but uh, I think it still uh, is going to be an exciting matchup and then I think anytime it's Jets and Predators these days it's uh, it's a fun one to watch. Well, uh, that'll do it for the first half of uh, Ground Control episode 13. Our special guest is Adam Lowry and here's our conversation with the Jets centerman. Shop where the players shop. Jets gear and truenorthshop.com are your authentic team stores. Make sure to stock up on all your favorite Winnipeg Jets and Manitoba Moose merchandise today. Visit one of the five Jets gear locations or shop online at truenorthshop.com. This is Josh Morrissey. You are listening to Ground Control, the official podcast of the Winnipeg Jets.
promised special guest here on, on Ground Control is Adam Lowry, uh, Winnipeg Jet Center and face-off man extraordinaire. Uh, as I mentioned to you moments ago, you are the best Adam in the face-off circle in the National Hockey League. I know that was what you were aspiring to do at the beginning part of the 2018-19 season. Congratulations. Nice. Thank you. Yeah, uh, it's uh, nice to be leading the league in a, a stat. <laughs> Just got a text from uh, Krev. Uh, apparently, you guys have a meeting tomorrow and a, and a morning skate and a game tomorrow night. Just so you know, nice. I'll uh, I'll mark it down. <laughs> I'll uh, I'll open up my schedule. I'll make sure I'm available. <laughs> On a serious note, uh, just how well are you enjoying this this season, Adam? I know last year was not easy for you in terms of staying with your health. Um, but how are you enjoying this year? Yeah, this this year's been uh, a lot of fun so far. I think it's it's been nice that. Uh, kind of picked up where we left off uh last year and you know we, we've seemed to find ways to win on a, a nightly basis and it's it's been a lot of fun to kind of be able to be a part of it uh, last year having to sit out and and watch it's it's always tough you, you always want to be out there and kind of contributing it, it makes it a little easier when the the team is winning but you know it's certainly a lot more fun when you're you're out on the ice uh, with the guys and yeah, I've uh, I've really enjoyed this year so far. One of the things that you, I mean, one of your biggest roles every single game is going up against the opposition's best. But you look back, and I mean, you mentioned you played 45 games last year just because of the injuries. But you look at this season so far, 45 games last year, you really only had about eight penalty minutes the year before, about 17 so far this year. So given, but given the role that you have... <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, given the role that you have, though, you're up against you know the the opposition's best. What kind of what does it say about how you're how you're able to to play? You're not taking the the hookings, the trippings, any of that kind of stuff. Well, I did take a hooking last night. I wasn't going to bring it up. <laughs> you know what? And the 17 penalty minutes this year, I think a couple of them have been real questionable. So, um, yeah, I really hope that doesn't get me in trouble. But you know what? I I think it's it's important that. You know, when you're out there and, you know, it's important. You rely on your positioning and you have a good stick. But, you know, team's power plays are so good that um, anytime you, you give them an opportunity, it, it gives them a chance to get right back in the game or kind of take a stranglehold on the game. So I've, I've really tried to kind of tone down, you know, the stick infractions especially. And, uh yeah, it's important for me to stay disciplined. I, I'd rather be on the ice uh, than than watching from the box. So, um, you know, I, I generally try and stay out of the box as much as I can. And I, I, I think it's kind of important for our line. We, we try and draw a lot more penalties than, than we take. Are you trying for the Lady Bing Trophy? Is that what this is all about? Uh... <laughs> I, I think I'm not kind enough with my words on the ice to win the Lady Bing. Uh, oh, I didn't realize that was one of the things. That, yeah. Thank you for letting us on but, the inside uh, on that one. You know, I did, like we we kind of joke about it. Uh, my buddies give me a hard time uh, back home. I wasn't even in double digits in, in penalty minutes last year. And, but, you know, what? I, I think it's just it's important that you play hard, but you kind of you play along. The, the right line so you're, you're not putting your team at a disadvantage um your line is getting a lot of attention as of late are you happy about that and do you appreciate that uh yeah that uh that has a lot to do with the the right winger he's on uh brandon Tanev. he's on a real hot streak and 
No, it's it's really nice to see. I think he he's one of the guys that that flies under the radar a lot. You know, especially outside of our team, I think everyone on our team really appreciates what he does. He he's generally blocking shots in three, four a game. It seems like and. Not just the the wristers coming from the point that are easy to to bat down. And you're going the other way. He, he's taking the one timers off the ankles or the inside of the knee. Or he he doesn't wear a lot of padding for kind of what he gets in front of. And he's he's been on uh, quite a run this year. He's playing some great hockey. So um, with Maddie or with Copper, whoever is on our our other side, it's it seemed to have been going well for us uh, lately, especially. And it's nice that. Uh, you know, we're we're kind of getting rewarded a little bit in the offensive end as well, and you know, you couldn't be happier for a guy like uh, Brandon to to be getting some of those opportunities and some of them going in. So you know, it uh, it's been it's been quite nice. And anytime people are are talking about uh, your lines play in in a positive light, uh, you always take it. This was last year, but how uh, how long did he talk? to you guys or bring up the hat trick against the Boston Bruins. I'm very curious. One of the best no, no, sellies like, I've ever he, seen. I, like he he never really talks about himself or he I don't think he's ever brought it up. Wow. But yeah. like we we bring it up why does he bring it up to you guys? No, it's just, uh, if I if I if I if I write an article for the website that doesn't have a typo, I talk about it for a week. So the fact that he, you know, gets a hat trick and doesn't even mention it that's that's impressive no i i think we were more stunned by his uh third goal celebration you, <laughs> you see him we thought he was going to leave the building and <laughs> he goes and does the flyby before he does the huddle he kind of uh like Bo jackson leaving the building yeah, yeah like he kind of changed the type of celebration normally you uh, high five the guys on the ice before you high five the guys off it but he you know, he was in his own uh, little world at that point, and you know, it was, it was, it was a cool thing. I think, you know, guys like us, we we don't really expect to to ever get hat tricks, and you know, to to get one or two points in a game for us is is gravy. And you know, when he got that third one, and just the excitement he he had, I think you know he's excited every time he scores a goal. But that that third one, there was a little extra. You had a two-goal game earlier in the season. As soon as you get that two goals, does the hat trick come in your mind? Oh, there's I a chance. We asked about this. <laughs> like, does it automatically – Are you? Think, I know there's a lot of other stuff going on around the game itself, but how quickly does it change? My gosh, a hat trick is, a, is in, the, in the sights here. Well, you know, sometimes you almost hope that the game stays close so you can get the empty netter. <laughs> but, uh, you know, and I, I think once you get two, like the, the, there's definitely a chance because – it's weird. As soon as you score a goal, you start feeling better. You start handling the puck a little more. You start making some plays, and then you know anything can happen. Maybe one's going to hit you in the shin pads and go in. That'll be your third. There's. It just really seems just being in the in the dressing room every day, even for the the brief amount of time that 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 we are. It really seems that this this group is close. Kind of what does a run to the Western Conference Final like last season do for just how close this? this Jets team's room is if you can kind of take us inside what it's like kind of being a player coming into that dressing room every day because it really seems like there isn't anybody that doesn't get along with anybody you know what I mean it seems like a very close room well I I think it starts even before going into the playoffs like we enjoy being around each other I think we, we have a lot of fun and we find time away from the rink to kind of get together and have uh, some fun as well so you know guys are always joking guys are are having fun coming to the rink and 
obviously when you're winning games it makes it a lot easier to to keep being able to do that and then I just think the the bond strengthens the the further you go the longer you and the more time you spend together with the guys and you go on a run like that and you go through two real tough series and then you get to the third one and you come up short, but you look around and you kind of see the the amount of time and dedication that everyone around you put in, and you you kind of get that feeling that you want to do a little bit more, that you don't want to let the guys down next to you, and then we come in this year and we have such high expectations, and you know there's a certain amount of pressure, but yeah, you have to find a way to deal with that, and I I think our our group does a real good job and. You know, we find ways to kind of lighten the mood on game days uh, in the morning. You know, it's it doesn't really feel like there's too much pressure. And then I think we're we're able to go out and play. And on practice days, we we find ways to have some fun. You know, whether it's certain drills or you know certain guys are are taking the brunt of some jokes. But you know, I, I think we do a good job of uh, finding ways to to keep the environment in the room loose. Andrew Kopp sure likes to make sure that everyone knows that the visor is not for a show. <laughs> he's very sensitive about it. He says nobody's chirped him about it from the other team, but he says he's getting it a lot from within the dressing room. Is this a fact? I don't think it's that uh, anyone's giving him a hard time. I think it's good style. Like I remember I wore a tinted visor in the outdoor game, and all my buddies are texting me like, you got to keep that. That's the coolest thing. And So, you know what, sometimes I... I think about putting it on. I, obviously, yeah, I don't think I could pull it off. He he looks pretty good in it. But no, I uh, you know what I think he probably gets some friendly barbs. But you know what I think the reasons he's doing it and you know it, it makes sense. So we're happy he's back in the lineup. And if that's gonna keep him playing well, uh, you know all the power to him. You talk about uh, kind of some friendly barbs or, or chirps inside the room. I. I imagine there's there's two cases when when that comes up a lot, and uh, my guess would be one is fantasy football, and two potentially the two on two drills that you guys do at the end of practice. Like, is there some sort of like friendly rivalry because it usually seems like the teams are relatively the same every time you guys do two on two. Yeah, it's the top six versus the bottom six, <laughs> and the bottom six wants to win. <laughs> so how competitive do those get? Uh, yeah, I think. Uh, well, I'll talk about the on ice first. Uh, it it gets pretty competitive i think certain days you're kind of more competitive in it than other days some days we're we're tired at the end of practice and you you just want to get through it a bit but i shouldn't have said that (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah no it gets competitive it's usually after one goal's been scored then the other team gets a little angry and then there's some some people start yelling at woody and you know they they don't like the corners the pucks getting dumped in and you know I, I think that's kind of just the competitive nature of everyone they they don't want to lose and even if it's just two laps that you have to skate at the end you don't want to be that team that has to do it and, and then with fantasy football uh it gets competitive you know there's certain guys that talk about it more than others i probably talk about it the most i uh i'm give us an example an example for with your t- discussions in the fantasy football realm, do you just talk about how badly you beat somebody, how poorly they drafted? Wh- what goes into this? There's a lot of trade talks, and you know if if you beat someone bad, you kind of bring it up, and you know I, I think a lot of this year is you know, some of the guys that are really heavily invested were 
we were on the outside looking in for much of the season. So we were going through scenarios on how we'd make the playoffs and what we needed to happen. And so we'd be following it closely in that sense. And who's the worst person to trade with in the room? Worst person to trade with in, in the fantasy uh, football in terms yeah, of but dealing it, with. in what sense? Like, like you're not getting a good deal, or yeah, like who's like who gives the worst scenarios? The worst. Well, guys say I rinse people in trades, so I guess I'm the best GM that because oh. somehow I get them to accept the deals. But <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, what? I I think it 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 goes in spurts. If someone sends you a bad trade, you're sending them a really bad trade back. Mm-hmm. But, Usually I'm just able to justify it, and then you know I I just keep picking away at it, and eventually they're probably you wear like, them down. Yeah, eventually they're probably like, okay, I'll trade with you. Just leave me alone. That's a, that's a good general manager. If you just sit there and keep pecking at somebody, they they break down. They give you the deal. Yeah, like I was able to trade uh, Michael Crabtree and Doug Baldwin for OBJ this year, so that was my uh, my steal. That's a good deal. I give you respect on it. But then OBJ let me down in the playoffs. So, yes, you know, what? maybe it was the karma coming back. Right. That he, a- he was hurt and, you know, I, I didn't deserve him for the two guys I gave up. And then Doug Baldwin ended up having a good second. He's like a half. There's always a guy in any fantasy league that likes to get through the rules, like finds loopholes in every rule. Is there somebody in the on the Jets in that, your guys' fantasy league that always finds a loophole in some certain rule to, to their advantage? Um, copper and troops sometimes they they have the Michigan bond that they sometimes have some creative trades where you know they've they've been known in the past to have given up a guy just to get him back two weeks later when they need him back in the lineup and we we try and uh, we try and limit the collusion. <laughs> Uh, last one for me, but uh, obviously it was a it was a deal that was signed in the off season. But what did why was it important to you to to resign here well you know what i i look at the the team that we have and kind of what we're building for and i came in and i broke into the league in winnipeg and you know what I, I love being in winnipeg i love playing for for this city and for for our fans so um you know it was a real easy decision when they offered me the deal and you know what i i'm really looking forward to the next couple of years i think we we have a really good thing going and uh I, I think we're just getting started. We we have a lot of guys that have yet to reach their potential, and we have a lot of guys that are are becoming superstars in this league. You look at what Shife's uh, been able to do over the last couple of years alongside Wheels, and then you have Patty and Nikki and Kyle Connor coming up front, and then on the back end, you, you look at what Josh Morrissey has grown into this year, and even more so from from last year. And then you got Troops, and we've got Helly and Nett, and. There's a lot of huge pieces to this team that uh, is going to make them a really good team for many years to come. So, you know, I, I really wanted to be a part of that. One last one for me too, Adam, is just ran into your mom and dad last year in Vegas. How cool was it to go not only go on the run last year, but also to, to share that with your mom and dad and have them there uh, watching the series? Yeah, it was it was special. I think I remember growing up I and watching my dad go through the playoffs and especially 0304 and in Calgary when they lost in the finals and and how much fun that run was I, I got to go on the ice when they they won the Western Conference and they they got the trophy and I remember experiencing that and just how electric the city was of Calgary and and the Red Mile and 
in Winnipeg, we we have the whiteout and the the whiteout party, and you know, it's just seeing the fans get behind us. And, and my parents don't get out to to Winnipeg too often, and they they don't get to see me live uh, a whole lot. So it it was really nice to have them down in, in Vegas for the two games. And you know, I know we we didn't win either of them, and it was it was a little disappointing the, the results. But it, it's always nice to to be able to kind of share those experiences with the the people you love. Thanks for sharing your time with us. Hey, thanks, guys. Lightning, watch it. Scores! Damn. Oh, what a save by Connor Halliburton. Rise. Blake Wheeler. All Winnipeg Jets single-game tickets for the 2018-19 season are now on sale. Choose the matchup you want to see and pick your seats today by visiting winnipegjets.com slash tickets. Taking care of business in the uh, final segment of Ground Control. Uh, it is time for Jets Rewards. Uh, just go to jetsrewards.ca. And the code word of this week, Tyler, I get to say this all the time, so I'm going to pass this gift on to you. The code word for this week's edition of Ground Control is? Leadership. Because I'm the manager. <laughs> <laughs> no, the word is leadership. If you'd like 50 Jets Rewards points, head to jetsrewards.ca. Type in the word leadership. And you'll see 50 Jets rewards points in your account. I think they're accounts. I think that makes sense. Yep. Wow. Well, guys, uh, listen, it's so it's so it's always special to sit down in this office with you, and I really like the decor in here. We've got we've done some soundproofing. Yes. Hopefully, our sound. You probably noticed. We. I slaved over this all last week. I watched you measure it, and I'm like, that looks really good, Tyler. My fingers hurt from peeling the double-sided tape. I'm not kidding you. There's a happy Gilmore quote so, that could have come your way after that. Oh, yes. It's good. Where's the Careless Whispers song to take us out of here? <laughs> yeah, right. This would be perfect time for that one. All right, on behalf of Mitchell Clinton, Tyler Esquivel, uh, Adam Lowry, our special guest, I'm Jamie Thomas. Thanks for listening to Ground Control. We'll talk to you next week. This is Big Ground Control, the official podcast of the Winnipeg Jets, hosted by Jets TV. For Jets news, videos, and more, head to winnipegjets.com.